we'd like to welcome you back to the next part of our current event and weekly Bible study for July 8th, 2012. This is, I guess, technically going to be part one of this study. I guess I'm going to turn it into a dedicated study because we're talking about one subject from here on out. A Muslim Islamic evil, essentially, uh, what we're going to be covering here. And the first article here is, and I do not advise you watch the video. I did not watch the video. I don't like watching videos like this. It's, it's so evil. It's entitled, Graphic Video, Muslims Slaughter Christian Convert to Christianity in Tunisia. Uh, and I actually give you a picture of this. Oh, God bless this man. I mean, I just, I just love this man. He's a he's a Christian that is being just getting ready to be beheaded for his conversion from the Islamic religion of peace to Christianity. And he's resided himself to the fate. And there's a picture of him, and they haven't actually started um, chopping off his head yet. But um, it's a picture of him right before that happens. Still. Uh, it reminds me of those Bible verses like in Hebrews where it says, of whom the world was not worthy. <clears throat> I, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I see people like that and I just have nothing but love for, for them, for, for their stance, for, for just their willingness to lay down their life. You know, and, and it's the same time, it's pitiful. I mean, seeing him like this and, and he, he you know he's just totally helpless he's just surrounded by these these wonderful Muslims that are getting ready to slowly chop off his head they did it real nice and slow too and the the the, uh, the evil of this religion truly knows no bounds it re- and it's just getting worse and that's why I just can't not say anything about it this article starts off by saying liberal talk show host <clears throat> Twafig Okasha recently appeared on Egypt Today, airing a video of Muslims slicing a young man's head off for the crime of apostasy in this case, the crime of converting to Christianity and refusing to to renounce it. The video, be warned, is immensely graphic. The actual execution appears from the 1 minute and 13 minute mark to the 4 minute mark. So they take... They take um, uh, two minutes and 47 seconds to slowly chop off his head. Those who prefer not to view it, a summary follows. I, I can't view stuff like this. It just, I, I don't think we should be putting that type of stuff before our eyes. I, the Bible says I was setting a wicked thing before my eyes. I don't think we're, we're supposed to, to actively seek out those types of videos to watch. A young man appears to be held down by masked men. His head is pulled back with a knife to his throat. He does not struggle and appears to be resigned to his fate. Speaking in Arabic, the background speaker or narrator chants a number of Muslim prayers and supplications, mostly condemning Christianity, which, because of the concept of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, is referred to as polytheistic, meaning we worship many gods. And see, Islam is better because they're monotheistic and they only worship their one god, which is Allah, which is nothing more than the pagan moon god, the fallen angel, the pagan moon god. 
Okay, so that's how they say we're polytheistic. They go on to say, quote, Let Allah be avenged on, the polythe- on this polytheistic apostate. Allah, empower your religion. Make it victorious against the polytheists. Um, then they're going to say, quote, Allah, defeat the infidels at the hands of the Muslims. See, this is Islam. This is what the Quran and their other extra Quranic writings tell them to do. All these people that say Islam's a religion of peace, or I've known a Muslim and he was peaceful, well, that's because he's a lukewarm, apostate Muslim. If they were being true to the Quran, if they were being fundamental to their faith, they would all be doing this. They'd all be chopping off the Christians' heads or anyone that wouldn't convert to Islam. That's their mandate. They're just being fundamentals, fundamental to the faith of, of Islam. This is Islam in its purest form. Then they go on to say, there is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is the messenger. Lies from the pit of hell is what I say. My God's bigger than all them. And then, two cries of Allah Akbar, or God is great. The man holding the knife to the apostate's throat begins to slice away, even as the victim appears calmly mouthing a prayer. That is just, I mean, that is so gut-wrenching. God bless that wonderful brother in Christ. God bless him. I can't wait to see him in heaven and just, I don't even know, just to thank him. It's just, it's mind-boggling. It is just so unbelievably mind-boggling. I can have nothing but love for that man. He's just, he just sits there while they're slicing away at his throat as the victim calmly is mouthing a prayer. It takes nearly two minutes of graphic knife carving to sever off this dear Christian's head. Which is then held aloft to more Islamic cries and slogans of victory. <laughs> Man, these people are so evil. Visibly distraught, the, uh, the person on this talk show, the host, asked, Is this Islam? Does Islam call for this? Absolutely it does. I'm going to take you to the Quran where it says to do this. Behead the infidel, slay the infidel. The infidel will be re- reserved to a burning, roasting hell. I've given you all the verses before. It's right out of the Quran, I'm not making this stuff up. And then he goes on to say, is this, how is Islam related to this matter? It has everything to do with this. It's the reason he was beheaded. I mean, these people are so ignorant of their own religion, it seems. Some of them. These are the images that are disseminated throughout the electronic media in Europe and America. Can you imagine? This is the talk show talking. Then in reference to Egypt's Muslim Brotherhood, and Salafis, whose political influence has grown tremendously, he asked, quote, how are such people supposed to govern? Yeah, can you imagine a government with these animals at the helm? Well, that's what we're having. More and more and more and more in the Middle East as our government has went in there and toppled their kind of more lukewarm Islamic dictators and installed the Muslim Brotherhood, the more hardcore ones that are going to go right after Israel, first chance they can get, all by design, and the good old American government's made it all possible. 
In fact, only the other day, and again, I went over that many times in the past too. In fact, only the other day, a top Egyptian Salafi leader openly stated that no Muslim has the right to apostatize or leave Islam based on canonical hadiths, including Muhammad's command, which says, whoever leaves his religion, kill him. This is good old Muhammad, the pedophile, the one that you know took Aisha as wife when she was like, what, was she six? But he did, supposedly he didn't have sex with her until she, was, until she was nine. So I guess that makes him a good guy, you know. We're going to talk a lot about the pedophilia that goes on in good old Islam. And see, this is what, you know, they act like they're, they're, they're so holy and they're so pure and they're so morally upright. And they commit all manner of horrific abominations against children, against women. And they act like they have the moral high ground. I, I think that's what burns me about them so much. Is they're such vile, evil devils, and yet they act as though we're so much better than everyone else. Talk about pride. They're so blinded with, with demonic pride, they can't, they, they are so blind. Blindness doesn't even do it justice, that word. In fact, only the other day, a top, um, oh, okay, I already read that. Yeah, Muhammad says, whoever leaves his religion, kill him. Islam's most, most authoritative legal manuals make crystal clear that apostasy is a capital crime punishable by death. The first righteous, righteous caliph, a paragon of Muslim piety and virtue, had tens of thousands of people slaughtered. In other words, the, the, one of their first leaders had tens of thousands of people slaughtered, including by burning, beheading, and crucifixion, simply because they tried to break away from Islam. Oh, it's a religion of peace, though. Oh, yeah. According to the Encyclopedia of Islam, the most authoritative reference work on Islam in the English language, it says, quote, there is unanimity, unanimous, I guess it's unanimous, that the male apostate must be put to death. They die. It's a death sentence. You cannot leave Islam. Period. Finally, a word on the, quote, prayers or supplications to Allah made by Muslim executioners in the video. Uh, these are the standard and formulaic. It is not just masked anonymous butchers who supplicate Allah as they engage in acts of evil. Rather, top-ranking Muslim leaders openly invoke such hate-filled prayers. Uh, then there's a link here. It says, see here, for examples of prominent Muslims supplicating Allah to strike infidels and with cancer and disease. They're praying. These, these are the prayers they pray for us. To strike us with cancer and disease. And then it says, till they pray for death and do not receive it. So that's, what they're, that's their loving prayer that they would have toward the Christians, the Jews, and anyone else they would consider an infidel. And then it goes on to say, and even formalized prayers in Mecca blasted on megaphones as Muslims pilgrimage and circumnavigate the Kaaba, that big black stone thing that they go to Mecca and, and, and you know, because it's a works-based religion, you gotta, you got to earn your way into paradise. And the best way to do that is through you know, martyrdom. You kill as many infidels as possible and then you're going to go dwell with your 70 virgins and your white-skinned boys. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really good, good, fun religion. I mean, I tell you, these, these guys, they're great people. Great people. Uh, obviously I'm being sarcastic. Anyway, blasted on, uh, these prayers are blasted on megaphones as Muslims pilgrimage and circumnavigate the Kaaba. 
while they're doing this, they're supplicating Allah to make the lives of Christians and Jews, quote, hostage to misery, drape them with endless despair, unrelenting pain and unremitting ailment. This is what they're praying for us, okay? (laughs) Fill their lives with sorrow and pain and end their lives in humiliation and oppression. End of quote. That's what they're praying as they circumnavigate that big, dumb, dumb, stupid stone that they go around, which is like the first most holy site in all of Islam. Oh, it's a religion of love and peace, all right, I'll tell you. I have never seen more of a religion of hate in my, I mean, I guess Satanism or high-level witchcraft would, I mean, but they're just outwardly open. And at the same time, they commit all these atrocities worldwide on a daily basis, and they act like, oh, oh, we're a religion of peace. Well, I think your actions have betrayed you. Your actions, your speech, your Quran, everything betrays what you're saying. This is what their religion is based on. Hate, and death, and evil, and bondage. They're praying to the moon god, Allah, a fallen angel. When they go around the Kaaba and they make their daily prayers to Mecca three times a day, understand, this isn't just harmless. This is mass witchcraft. This is mass brainwashing. They're brought up in this. They're taught to do it from a very early age. And when you devote that much time to a witchcraft cult, a death cult like they have, you're going to get demon-possessed to the toenails. And that's why they're more fanatical than most other religions. Because they've sold out more to their given fallen angel than other religions. They're more sold out to Allah than most other religions are sold out to whatever lukewarm deity they may be trying to worship. I think that's why they're more demon-possessed. They tend to be more evil. I pray to God their souls be saved. I truly do. I don't want to see them go to hell. But it's good to understand what we're dealing with here. And what they're literally, and when they're doing this, when they're, when they're praying for unrelenting pain and unremitting ailment and fill their lives with sorrow and pain and their lives in humiliation and oppression. I, I mean, that's a really nice thing to, to pray for uh, somebody. They're literally evoking or invoking massive curses on a global level toward other people outside of Islam. It's the same thing that witch covens do when they get together on satanic holidays or whatever they do, and they literally pray and fast about this, and they will literally try to invoke curses on Christians. And and understand, mass witchcraft is being waged against the Christians primarily on a global scale every single day. And witchcraft, there is power behind witchcraft. I'm not saying God can't protect you from this stuff, or he doesn't protect you, but I'm saying that there is power behind witchcraft, and that's what Islam is. Mass invoking of devils and demons through witchcraft on a daily basis. It's not just harmless. Now, there was also another article that came out which was more on the slaughtered convert to Christianity. Because some people try to come out and say, oh no, this doesn't really... I mean, it was a video that was like really graphic and they're saying, oh no, it was a guy. And the guy went there and refuted every point 
proving that this video was authentic and it, this guy was a Christian and that this was the real deal. So if you doubt this video description that I described to you, you can click on the second link and it'll it'll take you into the actual um, proof that this was not something that this is true. It really happened. It went down and it goes probably happens every day on a daily basis all over the world. It's just that most of the time they don't film it. I can't even keep up with all the evil of Islam. That's what we're just documenting today. The next one, uh, video, Taliban, this just came out today on CNN. Video, Taliban shoot uh, shoots a woman nine times in public execution as men cheer. All you ladies out there, all you women out there, the girls and, and these types of things, this cult couldn't be any more degrading toward women. I have never seen a cult that treats women more like dirt and scum than Islam. I don't think there's anything on the earth that could even compare to it. See that show a long time ago, it came out with Sally Field. They've, they've banned it mostly up on the internet. Um, we've got a copy. It's called Not Without My Child. Sally Field played in it about how she married this guy. Um, and he was an Islamic uh, doctor and he, he baited her to come back to his home country. So, oh, you got to see my home country and this and that. And once he got back there, he basically said, nah, we're staying. And you're, you're my wife and you do what I say and you do what I say, when I say, how I say, and shut your mouth because you're going to do it and like it. And the horror she went through as she came to the realization how they treat women and the links that she went to to escape. I mean, you talk about a... It's like you're in a gigantic prison if you're in the Middle East. Particularly if you're a woman and you're caught up in this stuff. Talk about the feeling like the walls are closing in. They, they, they treat women like dogs. Children, I mean, particularly girl children, too. This is a video of Taliban shooting a woman nine times in public. This just came out today on CNN. This is Kabul, Kabul Afghanistan. Uh, shot rings out, but the burqa-clad women sitting on the rocky ground do not respond. A man pointing a rifle at her from a few feet away lets loose another round, but still there's no reaction. In other words, this woman's just sitting there getting shot on film. He points and fires a third shot, and finally the woman slumps backward. She had three bullets in her before she slumped backward. But the man fires another shot, and another, and another. Nine shots in all. Around him, dozens of men, of other Muslim men, on the, on the hillside cheer, God is great, or Allah Akbar. You know, if you consume halal processed meat, that's what they have to have plain in the slaughter factories. Even if it's, even if it's, it, they're literally slaughtering the meat to Allah. Halal processed Muslim meat, which now you can get in some of the subways and in a lot of the things. It'll have the little Islamic label right on it. If you eat meat from that, it's bit, literally been sacrificed to Allah. I would try to avoid that. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a actual, it's like a food that's been sacrificed to idols. 
And the Bible does talk about that, even in the New Testament. We're not supposed to actually eat that if we know it's been sacrificed to idols. It's not something you want to get in the habit of doing, in other words. It's like they're putting a curse on the meat, if anything. Officials in Afghanistan, when the amateur video was filmed, believed the woman was executed because... And if you want to know more about the halal meat, just key in H-A-L-A-L in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've talked about it on two or three occasions. I went in depth on that subject. Because remember, Islam is all about shoving their religion down your throat and doing it in a stealth-like manner, at least initially, until they get to the point where they have enough numbers where they will overtake you and impose their will on you. That's, that's what they're all about. You, you look at their pattern in every country where they've taken over. That's how they work. They work things. They're very evil and very shifty, very slimy in the way that they go about this. And very, it's very incremental and very well orchestrated in every case. We're going to get into that today as well. Officials in Afghanistan where the amateur video was filmed believe the woman was executed because two Taliban commanders had a dispute over her according to the governor of the province where the killing took place. Both apparently had some kind of relationship with the woman. So, the two guys that they were they were fighting over her, I don't know if she was sleeping with both of them, I don't know. They had some type of relationship with her. And this was said by the Par, Parwan province governor. And then he goes on to say, in order to save face, they accused her of adultery. So, it's all about the men in this society. It's all about the men saving face. They, so they just accused her of adultery. Then they faked a court, meaning like a court decision, to decide about the fate of the woman. And in one hour, they executed the woman. So that's how they handled it. That way that they could save face. So they publicly execute this woman. That's how they roll. That's how they roll in Islam. Here's the next article. Perverted UK man identified as ringleader of child sex gang. Muslim child sex gang. Here's a picture of this wonderful uh, devil of a human being. Shabir Ahmed, 59 years old. And then I'm going to read from the Quran right now. Quran, Surah 3, 110 says, regarding Islam, regarding Islamic men, I believe in particular, where it says, ye are the best of peoples, evolved for mankind, end of quote. These are the best of the best, particularly the Muslim men. They're the best of peoples, evolved for mankind. That's what the Quran says. A victim of a child sex grooming scandal that shocked the country has spoken of her relief as its vile mastermind was finally unmasked. Shabir Ahmed, 59 years old, can today be named as the leader of the group of Asian men who raped, abused, and exploited vulnerable teenage girls in Rockdale. He was jailed last month for, for 19 years alongside nine other members of the gang, but his identity has remained a secret for legal reasons until now. Ahmed can finally be named after being convicted of 30 counts of rape against a young girl in a separate case. Police said the victim had been systematically raped during a horrific campaign of abuse that lasted many years. See, this is okay to do in the Quran. Particularly of infidel girls. They can do whatever they want. They can rape, steal, pillage, lie, whatever. It's all, it's all permissible. 
in this wonderful religion of peace. Ahmed of Windsor Road Oldham had denied the allegations, but was found guilty at Manchester Crown Court. He claimed the girl had made it up or imagined her ordeal. See, they can lie. They, you know, they lie like rugs. And he smirked as the jury rejected his lies. They're so arrogant and, again, full of pride. They think that they're commissioned to behave in these barbaric ways and that they're actually fulfilling their sick mandates that the Quran and Allah and Muhammad has imposed or commanded them to do. They believe, in other words, they're acting on God's behalf. <laughs> acting like these devil scum that walk the earth to do these things. Well, they are serving their father, the devil, and of his lust and of his works they will do. They're just proving that they are father and the children of Satan. They're, they're proving that amply. One father who watched from the public gallery, a father of one of the girls that was raped, um, as Ahmed was convicted in the latest case, said, he is a horrible evil, the vilest, most perverted individual. That was their assessment of him. Okay, so continuing on here, uh, let's see. Next article. Flashback, UK. Child sex ring taken down. Nine Muslim men given 77-year prison sentence for raping and abusing 47 girls. 40 more men remain at large. See, this is... I want you to understand how commonplace this is. And that this is part of what they do. As their sick religion. And I, I show you the picture of these wonderful eight men. Or uh, I know it says nine men, but there's eight pictured here. Demon-possessed to the toenails. And again, Surah... Three, one, ten. Ye are the best of peoples. Evolve for mankind. See, this is the, for, in Allah's eyes, these are the cream of the crop of, of humanity. Spreading the joy, spreading the love of Islam. Detectives who brought down a child sex grooming, grooming ring are poised to make more arrests as the hunt continues for more than 40 other suspected members of the gang. Nine Muslim men were yesterday jailed for a total of 77 years for raping and abusing up to 47 young girls, some as young as 13, after plying them with alcohol and luring them to takeaways, which I'm assuming is like a hotel or something. Here's another one. Flashback. British women gang raped by five Afghan men, refugees. Uh, Europe continues to suffer from Muslim gam gang rape ep epidemic. This is an epidemic over there. This is fruit, one of the wonderful fruit of Islam. Just one more facet of Islam. The brutal gang rape of, of British women by five Afghan refugees has sparked a massive protest against illegal immigrants in the Serbia spa town. The 38-year-old woman, who bravely managed to film the attack on her mobile phone, was repeatedly raped after befriending a group of Afghan men in the park in Benja Kovjaka. These people are always hanging around the parks and streets during the day causing trouble, said the one woman. They have no respect for us, no respect for women, and we want them gone because they have no right to be here. Here's the next article. More rotten fruit from the, quote, religion of peace. Egypt's first sex-slave marriage took place mere days after the Muslim Brotherhood's Muhammad Morsi was made president in Egypt. Last Monday on Egyptian TV... A show called The Truth, a journalist showed a video clip of a Muslim man marrying his sex slave. Before making 
before making the woman who has a non-Egyptian accent repeat after him certain verses in the Quran, instead of saying the usual, I marry myself to you, the woman actually said, I enslave myself to you, kissing him in front of an applauding Muslim audience. See, ladies, this is, this is what the, the Muslim religion thinks of women. This is how they treat their women. Even then, even though she was wearing a hijab, her owner declared that she is forbidden from such trappings and commanded her to be stripped of them, so as, quote, not to break Allah's laws. She took her veil and abah off, revealing by Muslim standards a seductive red dress. All the other women present were veiled. The man claps for her, and the video clip, which can be seen here, ends. The man, who identified himself as an Islamic scholar, so this guy knew what he was doing, he's an Islamic scholar. He's just being true to the Quran. And he studied at Al-Azir, uh, the college, I guess, and is an expert at Islamic jurisprudence, then appeared on the show, this guy that married this woman. Giving several Islamic explanations to justify his marriage, from Islam's Prophet Muhammad's Sunnah, or or the practice of, quote, marrying enslaved captive women, um, to Quran 4.3, which declares, the Quran says in, um, declares, marry such women as seem good to you, two and three and four, or what your right hand possesses. Okay, so you can marry two, three, four women, whatever you want to, Whatever woman seems good to you. You're the man. You rule over the woman. The woman's dirt. She has no say, in other words. And then, according to Islamic doctrine and history, she is simply a sex slave. Linguistic evidence even suggests that she is not even human. It's not seen as human, but as a possession. This is how what they think of women in Islam. Even stripping the sex slave of her hijab the way Awan did has precedent. According to Islamic jurisprudence, whereas the free Muslim woman is mandated to wear a hijab, sex slaves are mandated only to be covered from the navel to the knees. With everything else exposed, that means you're walking around bare-breasted as a sex slave. That's how you're supposed to be dressed. Whereas the other women, you see them in the full burqas, you know, where you can only see their eyes. I mean, what a, what a warped, twisted, perverted Bunch of garbage. What double standards? Awan even explains how Caliph Omar, one of the first, quote, righteous caliphs, I mean, he's, he, these guys are righteous as the day is long, right? How he would strip his sex slaves of their garments whenever he saw them overly dressed in the marketplace. In other words, if he saw them in their, in their, in their, they were covered from the navel up. Oh, no, no, that's all got to come off. You walk around half naked because you're a sex slave and, and everybody needs to know that. Awan went on further to, to declare that he believes the idea of sex slave marriage is ideal for today's Egyptian society. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's what the good old Muslims are into. Uh, then, I, I'm not going to play this, but it's um, more evil debauch, debauched fruit of the religion of peace, Islam. Female genital mutilation. The summer of whore for British Muslim girls. Now, I'm warning you, there's inappropriate images around the six minute mark. I'm not saying to watch this video. 
But it shows these poor girls in um, England being genitally mutilated while they're awake. They take them to these places and these sick, disgusting women take razor blades to their genitalia. I'm not going to say anything more than that. And they cut stuff off. While they're awake, many times with no painkiller. You have to pay extra for a sharp razor for a new one. So the cut's cleaner. And it shows this poor girl there screaming in agony as she's getting her genitals mutilated by these sick, twisted devils from the pits of hell doing this, calling this holy and part of their sick, disgusting religion. Every place I look regarding this religion, all I see is total, pure evil. And it needs to be exposed. And that's what I'm doing. I felt so incredibly sorry for that poor thing. And this goes on thousands and thousands and thousands of times. Who knows, probably millions of times every year. It's part of their religion. Genital mutilation of young girls? Yeah. It's it's unspeakable what they do. What they do to the women. It it is so horrific. It's just like, you can't even believe what you're seeing. But yet this devil death cult is allowed to exist and, and, I mean, propagate and spread like a cancer wherever it rears its ugly head. And given all kind of special rights and privileges. One response to the above video says, now this is a guy because I read the comments below this. You might want to read, now this is a guy writing in, says you might want to read the Quran or the Hadith and study the history of Islam before you support it. I always thought Allah was the same God that I believed in. When the Gaza Strip Flotilla event happened a little over a year ago, I became curious and began to investigate. And this led me to Islam, Muhammad, and the Quran Hadith. And the more I read, the more I saw a God I would not want to know. The last 1400 years up to current events are Islam, up to current events, are Islam in action. Shahara, the threat to America, just Google it, reveals the Islamic strategy to dominate the world. There's three forms of jihad. What does that word mean? Holy war. There's three forms. I thought what this guy said was very insightful. There's peaceful, violent, and silent. Did you know that? There's not just the kind where they're going out and beheading everybody. There's also the peaceful and the silent. And this is where they're coming in like a cancer, and gaining footholds, and changing laws, and in building buildings, and converting people. And then they get to the point where it's violent, where they're just flat out, we're here we are, and we don't care what you think, because you're so stupid, you let us in to your culture. And now we're going to show you what we're really about. That's how they look at it. We're experiencing the silent right now, with the Muslim Brotherhood doing the work, and care 
CAIR providing the cover, which is one of the organizations in America that's trying to give Islam this good, wonderful um, facade of, of this religion of peace. They don't integrate, they isolate. They build the numbers with high birth rates and, Im- and immigration, and then they assimilate the cultures. All, while, all the while building mosques, placing their people in key positions, and manipulating the courts to push for Shahara law. Islam is a fascist totalitarian ideology, and satanic I will add in, that operates under the guise of being a religion to gain acceptance. That's how they get their foot in the door. Have a look at Bukhari, Volume 9, Book 87, Number 111, where Islam started with Muhammad in a cave in Hayara in 610 AD. The angel physically assaulted in the cave and caused fear and terror, which ultimately led to suicide attempts of the people, evidently, that were with Muhammad. Does this sound like an angel of God? Let's see, the Bible says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Psalm 11, verse 3. Well, look at the foundation of Islam. <laughs> this is where it started in this cave? <laughs> and people were wanting to kill themselves? And the angel physically assaulted? No, it was a fallen angel. Or a demon or a devil or something like that. He, he goes on to say, does this sound like an angel of God? No. Muhammad, who I added in as a serial pedophile, is the poli- and who is the guy that started this. So you have a serial pedophile as the guy that started your religion. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? It's no wonder it's so wicked. He's marrying six-year-old girls. Who knows what else he did? I mean, that's what was just, you know, pedophilia. You ever seen that, that show, Af- The Afghan Dancing Boys? Oh, man, is that sickening. Oh, yeah, that's Islam in action. I mean, they dress these prepubescent boys up in... I mean, this is a documentary that was done by the BBC. You can go, you can go and key it in on YouTube. Afghan Dancing Boys. Just key in that. And they get these prepubescent boys and they're sexually desired by these disgusting, perverted, demon-possessed Islamic men. And they go and they have these parties where they veil them up like women, and I believe probably even they even wear makeup, and they dance around like women in front of men, and there's all these lecherous, disgusting, perverted men in these rooms, and these boys come out and dance one at a time for the men. And the men get all like... Fired up and worked up, if you know what I mean. And then at the end of the night, they'll come and say, "Well, I really want that one. <laughs> How much?" You know. And they'll and if they have enough money, they'll take them home and they'll become their little sex slave boys. Or maybe they'll just rent them for them. I mean, it's that sick. These guys are pedophiles at a, at a level I've never seen. Or they'll have their temporary marriages where the one where I described earlier or in a previous teaching where the Ayatollah Khomeini comes and one of his faithful followers and he comes in there and he sees his three-year-old daughter when he walks in the door. He says, and he goes to the father after. He says, oh yes, I, I need to have a temporary marriage with your three-year-old daughter. I'm not making this stuff up. And the guy happily complies because hey, he's the Ayatollah Khomeini. And this lecherous, 
maggot takes her into the bedroom and basically sexually abuses her the whole night. Hearing her little screams coming from the room next door while her dad's just sitting there. I guess the proud father letting this lecherous devil sexually molest his daughter. This, I mean, the guy's like 50s or 60s or whatever doing this to a three-year-old. And then they have the temporary marriage where they divorce them the next day. And then that way, in Allah's eyes, it's all permissible. And that's what they did to this three-year-old. See, that's Islam. That's the Islam I want everybody to see. Is their story worth telling? People say, why do you get into this stuff? Is that three-year-old story worth telling? Is the suffering she went through worth telling? Or is it not? Is it not worthy to be talked about? It's worthy. Her story needs to be told. So that hopefully Christians will pray about these things and take action to the point where we can prevent. I understand evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. But this is pure evil. And I can't do anything but fight it and expose it. So Muhammad, the serial pedophile, is the political, military, and spiritual leader of Islam. And he is the only one that God speaks to. Now this is the guy writing the comment. How convenient, he says. Convert or die. Talk bad about me or Allah and you die. See, in other words, he made his own little religious cult and he, 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 he structured it so everything benefited Muhammad. Talk about me bad, you die. Say a word against Allah, you die. I can make up the rules because I made the religion. Muhammad's dead in the grave and in hell, burning in hell right now. I wish that all the people in Islam could really see where Muhammad is. I wish God would give them a good hard glimpse, maybe about five minutes, of here's Muhammad. I don't think there's anything wrong to pray for that. I guarantee a lot of people get saved if they knew where Muhammad was right now. See him roasting and burning in hell. Forced to look at this. And then maybe you might want to rethink, this is the guy you're following? You're following him right into hell. There's no such thing as paradise from a Muslim standpoint. You're not going to have your 70 virgins. You're going to have 70 devils eating the eyes out of your sockets over and over again where the worm dieth not and the flames never go out in hell. That's what your, that's what your reward's going to be. That's what they need to see. I pray that's what they do see. Because I think with somebody like this that's that demon-possessed that would stoop to these types of levels, it would take a monumental wake-up call for them to ever be converted. I mean, these people are demon-possessed with the toenails. They are demon-possessed madmen. But yet they could do it under the facade of their death cult. And are protected because of that. I pray God give every one of them a glimpse of Muhammad or a glimpse of hell or whatever it takes to get them saved. 
This guy goes on to say, Convert or die. Talk bad about me or Allah and you die. Non-believers and disobedient will suffer the pain in this life and the one after. The only way to ensure paradise is martyrdom. And the reward is eternal luxuries of food, drink, and virgins. And remember, the white-skinned boys, because they got to have their, their, their dancing boys, too, up in paradise. Because evident, evidently, just pedophilia of both boys and girls is just something that's absolutely, totally ingrained into Islam. So you have to understand, if you're part of a death cult like this, you're adopting the demons that go along with the death cult. Why? And it's the same reason why all people that get involved in high-level occult, Aleister Crowley, for example, or whoever, as they progress through the ranks, what is always required, high-level Freemasons, same deal. They always start having these predatorial attractions toward younger and younger and younger children. It's part of it. Why? Because as you go up the ranks, you get more demons coming into you. You get more demon-possessed. You want to do sicker and sicker and sicker stuff. It's a byproduct of whatever cult you're in. This one's so over the top and so overt and so in your face and so fanatical that I believe it happens on more of a mass scale with Islam than a lot of other cults. I'm not condoning other cults. It's just that this one's so in your face with it. This would apply to any cult. This happens. Just there's, there's, I believe there's much larger numbers, it seems, that do this. And then the guy, the guy ends by saying, my God is bigger than that and he has plans to go far beyond our ability to comprehend. Time to wake up America and turn back to the face of God and drive out Islam. That was his comment. Now I give you a few teachings I've done here. One's entitled Muslim Islamic Religion Hypocrisy Exposed, the Double Face of Islam is another one. And then Obama to abandon Israel while embracing the Islamic nations. Going further, next article... Brothers in Egypt ruthlessly slaughter their own mother, aunt, and sister. According to yesterday's edition of Yom 7, which is a TV show, I guess, two brothers in a village in Asat, Egypt, slaughtered their mother, sister, and aunt after discovering their sister's actions were contrary to morality. And again, of all people to judge morality in the, on the planet, an Islamic male <laughs> who has most likely some type of sick attraction to young boys and little girls. And you could go on and on and on and on. Yet they're the morality police. I just find it really sickeningly ironic that that's the case. They're, they're the morality police. After chaos erupted in the house, including gunfire, local police surrounded it and broke into the home. Only to find the aunt, a 55-year-old housewife, with her head sliced off. The mother, a 55-year-old housewife, was found drowned in blood by the entrance of the house. And the sister, 39-year-old, was found butchered in a room. The two brothers were subsequently arrested and confessed to the murders in detail. Such slains are not a rare occurrence in the Islamic world, and even in the West, whether they are Muslims Wherever there are Muslims, these slains will occur. A day before the story emerged, a Muslim man in Germany beheaded his wife in front of their six children while screaming, Allah Akbar, or Allah is greater, throwing her dismembered head from the roof of their apartment after he cut it off in front of their six children. 
This is Islam. This is a... I, I want this, this whole teaching just to be a poster child. A, a, a poster, a banner for Islam. Okay, here it is. Here it is. And all its sick, satanic glory. This is Islam in your face. This is what it's all about. Hey, they're doing it. I'm just documenting it. Here's another one. Brave Palestinian prisoner. Brave. How he's referred to. Prisoner responsible for suicide attacks is sentenced by Israel to 54 life sentences. Yesterday, Ibrahim Hamid, who orchestrated suicide bombings in which more than 45 Israelis were murdered, was sentenced to by Israel to 54 life sentences in prison. The Palestinian Authority views terrorists like Hamad who have orchestrated suicide bombings as heroes. Again, this is how sick they are. They're so warped and twisted in the head. And they call evil good and good evil. That's all they do in Islam. Recently, Palestinian Media Watch reported that Palestinian TV twice broadcast a video dedicated to Hamad and other terrorists serving multiple life sentences for murderers, for murder, uh, calling them, quote, brave prisoners and flashing their pictures on the screen. See, they're glorified. Hamad, who planned and organized numerous suicide bombings, including the ones at Hebrew University, which killed nine people, Cafe Moment, which killed 12, Cafe Hylel, which killed 7, was among the terrorists specifically mentioned by the PA chairman Mahmoud Abbas when he publicly wished for their release. You know, it's ironic, they have the, the, the audacity to go and say, oh, he only killed 45 people, come on, release them. Oh, so he can go kill more. Well, obviously, yes. He needs to be released. I mean, it's like you're like in the twilight zone when you start looking at this information, how warped and evil and twisted their minds are. He had the audacity to ask for their release. Speaking at a PA ceremony celebrating the release of Palestinian terrorist prisoners by Israel in exchange for Hamas captured soldiers, Abbas said, quote, we now see some of the most prominent among them released, and the rest, Allah willing, will be freed soon, very soon. Yeah, we need to get those terrorists out of there so they can go kill more people. Abbas Ayi Saeed, who was also praised by Abbas, is serving 35 life sentences for planning two suicide bombings, including the Passover Seder bombing that murdered 30. The PLO's ambassador to India, Aldi Sadek has referred to Hamad as, quote, one of the fighters who carried out quality operations, end of quote. Quality killings, 30 people dead, others and other things, yeah. And this organization has documented how the PA has a policy of glorifying terrorists as heroes. I mean, you know, there's never been, I've never seen a religion that calls evil good and good evil like this one. And just openly, outwardly, you know, I mean, when the, the Catholics, they get busted with all their, their pedophile priests, at least they're not out in the paper saying, well, it's a good thing that we're raping children. I'm not, I'm not condoning Catholicism because I've done many, many teachings on that. But it would be equivalent to that almost. You know, it's like, am I reading this? And nobody's, I mean, I'm not saying nobody, but there's very few media outlets that will say anything against it. Well, wouldn't it be politically correct? Okay, so next article. Israel will turn into ashes within seconds. 
Mahdi fever is fueling the confidence behind the reckless rhetoric threats. Ah, the Imam Mahdi, who I've talked about many, many times in the past. A senior Iranian cleric who's pictured here in this PDF is warning Israel that if it attacks the Islamic state's nuclear facilities, it will be burned to the ground. In an event dubbed Followers of the Hidden Imam, Ayatollah Katami, a member of the Assembly of Experts and a substitute Friday prayer leader of Tehran, said, quote, should Israel commit madness, it will turn into ashes within seconds. Israel will turn into ashes within seconds. Shiites believe their 12th Imam, the Mahdi, or the um, 12th Imam, or Imam Mahdi, will reappear, who is their awaited savior, okay? will reappear at the end of times and kill all infidels, raising the flag of Islam in all four corners of the world. This is one of the reasons they're getting so much more in your face and out in the open. They believe that in order to bring about the appearance of their awaited demonic savior, the 12th Imam, or Imam Mahdi, that in order to do that, there has to be maximum bloodshed and misery and evil committed evidently by Islam against the, quote, infidels, which are defined as a non-believer in Islam, which the Quran says to kill all infidels. So that would be me, you, anybody who's not in Islam. That's what the Quran says to do. Now, they believe in order to bring about their awaited savior, they've got to have maximum carnage leading up to that point. So this is one of the reasons that they're that they're you know getting so totally out of control because they believe they have to do this. The attendance at Tuesday's event, which was organized by the Cultural Center for Hidden, uh, the Hidden Imam in the city of Shiraz, discussed actions needed for the reappearance of the last Islamic Messiah, and they said, "quote The followers of the Imam have one thing in common, and, it, and that is their love for martyrdom." And I made a comment in here. I said, well, they can only have that love for martyrdom once. You know what I mean? Because you can't love it too much. It's not like you can martyr yourself over and over. You can only do it once. Anyway, and so they only have one thing in common. That is their love for martyrdom and complete submission to their demonically possessed leader. I I put in the demonically possessed leader. Uh, And that was said by Katami. Then he goes on to say, the heartbeat of the nuclear issue is in the hands of the supreme leader, Allah Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, which was the one that I uh, had talked about earlier, who you know went in and had the uh, uh, raped the three year old girl and had a temporary marriage with her, and uh, that was all okay and sanctioned by Islam. Anyway, and the decision of what to do with America is upon him, meaning Khamenei, as revealed in the Iranian documentary. "Quote: The coming is upon us." Centuries old hadiths have predicted the current climate in the Middle East. The fall of Saddam Hussein in Iraq and Hosni Mubarak in Egypt and the events in Afghanistan and other parts of the region, which has Iran's radical leaders excited, the time for the Mahdi's reappearance is closer than ever. See, they see all this stuff going on and they're thinking, man, this Imam Mahdi, this 12th Imam is going to be here, um, you know, any time. And um, I've done many, many teachings on this and I posted them all here. One of them is a current events teaching where I talked about it, part one and two, I got that here. And then um, another teaching entitled, Lord Maitreya, Is He the Antichrist? Uh, part one and two. Now, I'm not saying he is, I'm saying he's a potential candidate. Okay, I think he's definitely going to play a part in the end time, because he's saying he is the fifth, he's the twelfth imam. He is Imam Mahdi. I mean, that's one of his titles. He says he's the um, Messiah of the Jews, 
the Christ to the Christians, the Imam Mahdi to the Muslims, the fifth Buddha to the Buddhists, and Krishna to the Hindus. Okay, he's, he's the total package, is what he claims. He's got his own UN-sponsored website up on the internet, and, and his false prophet is Benjamin Krem, and he's been around for a while. Anyway, then I did another teaching entitled The UN, Lucius Trust, World Goodwill, Earth Charter, and Maitreya. And then another one, Deception of Foot, Maitreya in Master Jesus, who is the Ascended Master, fake knockoff Jesus, that is going to come back with the Ascended Masters when Maitreya makes his big debut. And the Muslims are waiting for him as well. They expect Jesus to come back with Maitreya. He's going to be like his little sidekick. He's going to be like Batman is to, or Robin is to Batman. That's how they're going to view Jesus. It's the Ascended Master version Jesus, and guess what? He's going to look just like all those pictures the Catholic Church has given us throughout the years. Michelangelo, that long-haired, really good-looking Jesus, yeah, that's what he's going to look like, just like that. And millions of Christians are going to fall for it just because of the pictures. And it's not what Jesus Christ looks like. Guaranteed. Okay? Those, number one, he wouldn't have known, he, he, uh, Michelangelo made those pictures, you know, Hundreds of years after Jesus' death. And the Bible says that there was no beauty in him, meaning Jesus, that we would desire him. Okay? So I don't believe Jesus was like this Adonis guy walking around. Like they portray him as. The Bible also says that nature, doesn't nature therefore itself teacheth us that it is a shame for a man to have long hair. says that in the New Testament. Why would Jesus be walking around with long hair? That would contradict his own word. So again... That's going to be one of the things where a lot of people fall just because of what he looks like. Anyway, I get into that subject in depth in this Deception of Foot, Maitreya, and Master Jesus, who is also known as Esau Emmanuel Sananda. He is the Ascended Master version. It's going to be making his big debut pretty soon, most likely on the heels of World War III and World Cataclysm. And then the last one, Mars... Lord Maitreya, the Ascended Master, and Strong Delusion. So I get into all the subjects there. More importantly, the Hadiths cited in the documentary said the two most important events that could trigger the coming, um, the coming of the Imam Mahdi would be the death of Saudi King Abdullah. Now that's something we should be watching for. That when the um, Saudi Arabia, when their King Abdullah dies, and he currently he's very ill, they're viewing that due to ancient prophecies as a sign of when that happens, the 12th Imam or this Imam Mahdi, this awaited Islamic savior, is going to make his debut shortly thereafter. They believe. Okay? So, there's a lot of different reasons they're really fired up right now, the Islamic world, that the Imam Mahdi is going to make his big debut. And also, uh, this... um, the two most important events that would trigger would be the death of Saudi King Abdullah, who is very currently ill, and the destruction of Israel. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. Uh, and I'll get, I'm going to get into that next. But anyway, an, an editorial in the Iranian Kiyan newspaper on Wednesday laid out the plans for the coming, for this coming of the Imam Mahdi and said, For the Zionists and the Christians who know the miserable destiny of the Jews, they themselves are followers of evil and are damned in the kingdom of Allah. That's how they view us. Okay, We are infidels that are damned and we are all going to hell and the sooner they get rid of us and kill us, the better. Because the world needs to be purged of our ilk is how Islam views Christians and Jews in particular. Uh, this is what the editorial said. Calling Khomeini the deputy of the last Islamic Messiah on earth 
and Hassan Nasrallah, who is the leader of the Lebanon terrorist group Hezbollah, as his commander. Um, now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go to the next part, but I'm going to contrast what these demon-possessed liars say about the fifth imam and about Jews all being destroyed and about the infidels all being killed. I'm going to contrast with what they say with what the Word of God says. And that's what we're going to get into in the next part. So, God bless you, and we'll see you in part uh, three.